On this episode of Resi Week, Amazon releases new products, a 5G panel discussion from Cedia, and predicting next year's Cedia. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 138, 5G Disruption. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Christie Digital. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott, for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by the one and only Jason Knott. He is the editor of CE Pro. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm great. I already asked you that. I don't need to ask you again. Although your Patriots lost last night to Detroit of all people. So I wanted to double check. Uh, secondly, we have Andre Lalonde. He is a our, one of our you know local industry experts. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. Good to see everybody again. It's going to be a fantastic show. And we are going to kick it off with a story that comes to us from The Verge. Uh, if you missed it this week, you may have been under a rock, but... Uh, Amazon had a surprise hardware event and had 14 uh, plus announcements that they announced uh, at their event. Kind of a big deal. A couple of uh, key things that we're going to hit on, then we'll chat about it. Uh, one, they've got a new Echo Dot. Um, they redesigned it. It looks a little bit sexier. looks a little bit uh, better um, wrapped in, in fabric and stuff, kind of like the the large Echo Uh very, very cool. One of the things that I'm most excited about is not only the Echo input, which allows you to plug in a uh, essentially a really, really thin Echo Dot style device into existing speakers uh, and get all that uh, voice recognition stuff from that. They also announced uh, Echo Auto, uh, which I think is going to be fantastic, uh, especially if you're in a uh, an older vehicle or something that doesn't have something built in, having Alexa in your car car looks really really cool to me and it's a really sleek device they uh, upgraded the echo show so it's now 10 inches they added a sub as well uh, a standalone sub they added alexa guard and the most confusing one is they added an amazon uh, basics microwave that has alexa built in so andre i want to start with you on this one um one it, it was a big announcement this is starting to be come a, a large trend with a lot of the manufacturers where they're doing these large hardware announcements. Apple just had one. Samsung just had one. Amazon had to follow suit. Um, theirs is a little different from everyone else's, I would say, uh, specifically because the price of their products are ridiculously cheap. What did you see in this that excited you in general? What did you see that excited you for the industry? Well, honestly, a lot of really cool things, to be honest. Anytime you get like 14 announcements, you're like, wait, and there's more? Wait, and there's more? It's like it keeps going and going and going. I felt like Christmas, New Year's, and Hanukkah all together at one. Wait a minute. They always happen together. So uh, let's take, so let's start with the smart plug I thought was a kind of cool little announcement, right? Hey, it's 25 bucks, but it'll naturally work without having to go through a hub. All right, makes life easy. We've been doing that for a long time. The new dot I thought was interesting. The only challenge with the dot is all those devices that have just recently come out, including some at Cedia, that perfectly fit the original plastic type dot, now have to be redesigned to be able to account for this cover that is on the speaker. So 
you know, if I was in, in if I was back in manufacturing, I'd be in almost like, oh crap, here we go again type of thing. Do we know though if it if it's actually a different size? There was a video on the Verge also launched uh, launched a video last week, and they actually put one side to side, and it's just a little bit bigger. Which means if you were sticking it into I don't know a popular soundbar or maybe a device that goes into the wall, you may have to. Hopefully, it's just a cover that pops off. If it's not you're going to have to reconfigure the R&D for those devices. Unfortunately, you're going to have to reconfigure the tooling for it. Um, I thought the, plus, the, the the show's kind of cool, 10 inches, ties to the cloud. You know, you don't really need a laptop or a table. Uh, personally, what I thought the most exciting part was the whole Amazon basics, right? It's not about the microwave. It's not about the clock. It's about you're enabling now via LTE and Bluetooth. You're enabling the uh, the ability of, uh, not sorry, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, of other devices being able to be controlled independently without there necessarily being a central processor into it. I think this is the first step of a lot more. We, you know, we already know Amazon's doing a lot with Camor appliances. We know there's a lot of other announcements that have popped up here and there that are, they've got all kinds of things in their R&D wing. So this new cloud type infrastructure that is purposely designed for non-typical consumer electronics type gear, I think is honestly the most important. Uh, I think that's, that is really gonna open up the doors to more than just the standard little gadgets and gadgets. The other thing, and I think we need to mention this, and it'll be interesting to see how this goes, is this whole guard situation that they're announcing. Oh, yeah. Which, which is, I don't know about you, but there's that line about, I have a monitored security system, and now Amazon with guard was going to be listening for glass breaking or fire alarm or an unusual noise is now going to signal. Is that not a security system at the end of the day? Where does that lie? That's what I find is interesting. That is going to be a very big question going forward. If you miss that, um, Alexa Guard integrates with Echo Devices smart locks, uh, sorry, smart lights and security service providers to help customers protect their homes while they're away. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you have a, a comment on Alexa Guard uh, as I lead you into that one. But the other question that I would like you to touch on is something that we, we, we kind of glossed over initially. Um, is Amazon's going after Sonos pretty hard with their Echo Link and Link Amp. A, it, it looks pretty similar to the new Sonos Amp. Um, and they, they're, they're going to go strong after this. Jason, uh, Alexa Guard, uh, Link, Link Amp, give us, give us some thoughts. Yeah, well, a couple of things that excite me, and you're right on the Sonos thing, and it's interesting because Sonos's stock prices have gone on a roller coaster ride ever since this announcement that everybody knows is up and down like crazy uh, each of the last uh, several days. But um, the Alexa Guard, I think, is is interesting, and the one thing that's unclear about that is exactly how uh, the Alexa is going to notify the customer if there is a smoke detector or a CO detector or a glass break sound. Other than we know that it goes through, they will notify through the ADT Pulse app. So I, it was interesting because ADT's stock went way up significantly on this announcement also. So that, that there seems to be a significant tie-in where Amazon's going just far enough to say we're in the security business, but we're not fully there. We're integrating with this other uh, security monitoring business. So, um, and Ring also, besides ADT, Ring it also integrates with. The other thing that's kind of interesting, just as a, a kind of a funny thing, is the Amazon clock 
I think will do wonders for the generation of kids who are being told that they only have to read digital clocks. And now they're actually going to be forced to learn how to tell time from an analog style clock. So I'm excited. I totally want the clock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The clock is the one thing I'm going to pre-order for sure. Uh, you should have put it with Mickey Mouse hands, though, or something. You should have been, you know, I can, never tell, I can never tell which one is the hour, though. Is it the really curved one or the slightly curved one? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the clock is very intriguing to me. Um, did you guys catch, Matt, did you guys catch that whole thing about the new Wi-Fi simple setup? Like, they're essentially claiming that you can walk in, literally like that TV commercial, right? The old lady unplugs a spot, she puts it down. And it says, say, Alexa, phone home. And then like ET, it automatically connects to her family, to her son or to her daughter and all the other family. It, do we know, Jason, have you seen any preambles on that? I mean, like it, just how simple is it that it can auto detect other Amazon pieces, snag the Wi-Fi stuff, including user ID, password, and then automatically get created and connected? Yeah, I did not see that. So I... Uh, I'd be fascinated to find out more on that, Andre. What I've what I've seen on it, and and what it reminds me of is the way that Apple has started uh, in the most recent OS for for Mac, uh, and then some updates to iOS, but not this is previous to iOS twelve. Um, as long as you were signed in with the same network, uh, or sorry, the same Apple ID, if you went into a building that had Wi-Fi that one of your devices was connected to, it would push that over your Bluetooth connection. Mm-hmm to your other devices to give you that, um, those credentials to, to log you in automatically. I am very intrigued to see, because I, I will say if I currently see a downside with um, Alexa's kind of domination of that market is that depending on the person, if they're not comfortable changing Wi-Fi networks and things such as that, it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. And occasionally you will get a device. Um, I have a, uh, an echo upstairs that will fall off the network occasionally. And it takes me a good hour and it's me. So that makes sense for most people, but notwithstanding, it takes time for that to reset itself and get reconnected. Stop laughing, Andre. Um, it'll be very intrigued to see if they figure out how to make this properly happen. But if they can, why won't you just continue to buy more and more little devices? because it, they, you just put them in. You don't have to do anything. It's fantastic. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's move on to our next story. This comes to us from CE Pro and features the one and only Jason Nod on stage in a picture. Um, Julie Jacobson wrote this. Uh, Hold on to your hats as I'm quoting a guy who's on my panel. This is ridiculous. I should never quote you when you're here. Um, but you're saying that this was the most valuable piece of information for everyone who was in the audience at uh, your 5G roundtable that was titled how to prepare for the pending 5g network disruption jason we're obviously going to start with you on this as you moderated this panel uh for those of you who don't understand 5g is the next standard that's going to be coming for over the air uh lt essentially jason give us a, a quick overview on um one why why we presented this this panel at cedia uh and more importantly the 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 big hits from the the four members of the uh, the panel. Yeah. So why we think it's so important is you know five G is the next generation of cellular network as you just described. It's uh, you know depending on who you you uh, you quote, it's at least 
you know, 14 times to a thousand times I've even seen uh, faster than 4G LTE in terms of what it's able to bring in terms of uh, sending um, information uh, through the cellular network. So what's happened is because it's going to have so much throughput, it's going to be able to send so much information that um, uh, companies are floating the ability that you will be bypassing the home network itself. You will not need the home network. You'll be able to send information directly to an individual device that has uh, this chipset in it. And so um, it completely disrupts these uh, network-centric systems that integrators are building now to say, okay, I'm going to have uh, something sent directly to the TV. I'm going to have something sent directly to the receiver. Uh, the information can, will stream from the satellite or from the, from the cellular network directly to individual devices. So it's very disruptive. Um, the other thing that was uh, an element of the panel is um, that the wavelength element of 5G is a shorter wavelength and 5G uh, wavelength has trouble passing through barriers. So what it's also gonna do is put an extreme emphasis on the need for a cell phone signal booster in every uh, home because um, the, the going through walls, going through exteriors of buildings is gonna be much more difficult with 5G. Um, but the key is, why are we talking about this? You know, what can integrators do to prepare for this? Again, um, we have this whole generation of cord cutters. We have this whole generation of, of people who um, uh, don't wanna pay $250 for a cable bill. And so they're looking for alternatives. And right now integrators, for the most part, don't get any chunk of the cable business. They just kind of sit on the sidelines. And here's an opportunity for them to, to get engaged with a customer with either OTA antennas and cell phone signal boosters. Um, uh, there's a package out there of a cord of an over-the-air over cord cutting um, solution that they can uh, purchase and resell for their customers uh, from one of the manufacturers out there. Uh, so it's a it's a big deal. The problem is it's still 18 months at least down the road. We're mm -hmm. going to see it's going to be a while before 5G is really out there. Um, but integrators should be talking to their customers now and making money on it now. One of the one of the things that you touched on, and uh, I think it was Mark Vogel touched on, um, was that the way 5G has been sold to so many consumers is that it's going to reach farther, be stronger, be faster, et cetera. Um, that you're going to be able to use LTE more often in your home opposed to your local Wi-Fi network. And what Mark was saying and what, what you were leading to, or alluding to is that it is going to have a significantly harder time penetrating through the home. I'm really curious to see how that uh, deploys. Andre, when you look at this, this is obviously a big deal for everyone involved, Tele mm -hmm. uh, telcos all the way down to integrators and, and people trying to put smart home technology into homes with this being, you know, minimum 14, 16 months away before this really starts to roll out. How do integrators prepare for this coming, knowing that they're not the first line to get this? It's not going to affect them directly right off the bat. Well, it's an interesting question when you consider that in the U S we also happen to have the three G sunset that is coincidentally going to be happening in 2020 as well. So, just as the uh, just as the specs, the specs are being ratified on 5G, at least the first round of specs, and 
is going to be ratified, you're going to end up having three cheese sunsets. So you've got all these security, 27 million homes, I believe, Jason, that are currently running security and that they're all now going to have to be making a chipset change, right? From 3G to right now, the plan is LTE, but is it 4G LTE or is it 5G LTE, right? So there's an immediate need for the integrator, no matter what. And at the end of the day, it gives them the, the ability of touching base with that consumer again. Something Matt, you and I have had many discussions over mm -hmm. in the past. Again, it's like, you should always be going back to the well, always be going back to your customer and basically saying, what else can I do? Well, now you have this ability to say, first of all, if you have a security system, hey, we gotta, we gotta make migrate. We may have to migrate the change to this. Second of all, this, you know, there's this new technology coming around that's called 5G. You've probably heard about it. Let me talk about that. And let me basically offer what other services we should start looking at and start planning ahead toward. It really is a bit more of a planning stage right now and starting to plant those seeds because that is what the consumer is going to start wondering. They're going to be hearing about it. The marketing engines have been even started with related to 5G and where 5G is going, right? Even in the U.S., there's only a couple of networks that are just starting to be launched right now. And that's all going to get exposed to the consumer. And then you're going to start seeing more and more and more and more. So wait till the guys like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Dish start really promoting exactly what's going to be available on those 5G networks. Well, and on the security side, if I might add, just to pick up on what Andre was saying there, uh, one of the things I've heard from a lot of security integrators is what they're doing is they're going back to their customer base and um, saying, hey, we, we need to upgrade your um, alarm communication system. And instead of charging you, whatever, $250 or whatever the number is, they are saying, let's extend your monitoring contract for another year and they'll do it for free. Right. Yeah. And that's always a good way to, yeah. to alleviate that cost. One of the questions that I wanted to ask both of you, which uh, Andre, again, you, you partially answered it towards the end there, uh, or you alluded to it because we don't really like, we know what this is going to be, but we don't know what this is going to be. We don't know yet what this is going to mean for our clients going further. We don't know if it means they're going to get new set-top boxes. If they're obviously, we we kind of know what the alarm side of things from the three G sunset. But there there are a lot of ifs. Where where can integrators go, or, or how do they prepare for something that we know is coming, but we have no idea what's coming? <laughs> like we know what the tech is, but we don't know what those products are going to be yet. We don't know. I don't. I'm unaware of any um, cell phone boosting company that is offering 5G boosters yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. um, they're not making phones yet ready mm -hmm. for 5G. What do, what do we, is there a point in us starting that conversation right now, knowing that we don't know anything? Well, I think there's always an opportunity to go back to the to the homeowner and be, so they basically say, look, here are some solutions that we, we put off on the last time or there's some upgrades that we want to start making and you start having that conversation. Right. And then you start blending in that whole, well, by the way, did you know that there's this all this new technology that's gonna be coming around this this 5G that did you, have you heard anything about it? And, and start engaging in that conversation early. Uh, to Jason's point, you don't want to come in with all of a sudden, you know, three days before it's launched, say, by the way, there's a $495 antenna that I need to stick on your house so you can start getting all those 5G things. And a lot of homeowners would be like, uh, why didn't you tell me? Why wasn't aware? Why wasn't I made aware? You know, they're not paying attention to this stuff. So I think it comes back down to the basics. Take a look at what they already have. Where should they be going or what other products do you think you should be talking to? Try to make that 
make that logical leap as to how those services could evolve or will evolve over 5G so you can start having that basic conversation of where 5G is going to be able to take them and what type of really cool features and services they should be able to take advantage of the 18 months down the road. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems and written by my friend Henry Clifford, predicting the year ahead after CIA 2018. Uh, if you didn't follow or if you had not seen this, uh, last year, Henry wrote a looking ahead feature uh, and a wrap up of CEDIA the year previous, the first year in San Diego. And uh, he covered a couple of things and he was doing a recap of those items to see what he hit. Uh, the couple of things that he kind of predicted were artificial intelligence, voice, the front door, uh, our homes are going to begin to hear, speak, and see, lighting and shading, and of course, Amazon with a small follow-up to remote managed services. Uh, Andre, I want to start with you on this. Um, he also predicts a couple of things uh, for, for 2019, that business software is going to grow up. Uh, the, we're going to continue to see commercial and residential converge and cord cutters are going to get a clue. Um, when you look at this, pretty much everything that he covered were kind of the hot points of the show. Uh, was there anything there that he missed uh, that was a hot point that, that wasn't really talked about? Really, really big TVs. Really big TVs. Really big TVs and 8K technology. No, honestly, I think you did a really good job of kind of summing up a lot of the major hotspots for me as well. Having attended the show, you know, if I was there for a couple of days and seeing the enthusiasm, I think the other thing that he, I think he, he may have underlooked a little bit or undersold a little bit is just the overall enthusiasm that was just pervasive, that was just there. It was, it was, everybody was energetic, everybody was upbeat. So it's not only the new cool technology, but there's a kind of a real big boost right now to be in the industry in itself. And that alone is a huge sign a good, a good sign of relief as to where the next 18, 24 months are going to be coming. We know there's a lot of technologies. God knows what's going to happen in the world of tariffs or non-tariffs and all the other stuff. But it's nice to see the industry moving forward, the industry really jumping, you know, manufacturers jumping, you know, and, and wanting to work together with, with the integrators and basically take everything a step forward. Yeah, there's all the really cool technology, but you know what? Every year there's really cool technology at, at CDN and it will be for a long time. It, it is it is always interesting to me when you mention new technology because that's the one thing that I always find people either are really on board with or they think that there was next to nothing. It was it was a transitional year, is the the one statement I hear all the time. And there was not a lot of groundbreaking things um, because, in my opinion, we've gotten so used to seeing big jumps forward. Mm -hmm. So. The, the 8K displays that are coming, those, that, that is insane. What they're doing with 8K is absolutely insane. And we've been around it so much that we're just like, eh, 8K, what are you going to do? It'll be cool, maybe. When, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jason, when you look at the predictions that Henry writes about uh, business software, uh, resi-mercial, which is my phrase that I forgot to trademark, unfortunately, uh, and cord cutting, is there anything in here that, you, you agree with, disagree with, uh, or anything that he missed that you're really looking forward to in 2019? Um, I'll, I'll echo what Andre said. I think uh, Henry did a great job on this. The one thing I think I would just to add a little more clarity to the residential commercial um, that goes in with the really, really big displays is 
these micro LED display video walls that we saw at the show. So the Sony Cletus and Samsung, the wall, uh, Opus, uh, which is a spinoff from ViewTech, had one there, and then uh, digital projection. And talking to integrators in the aisles, and you guys probably do the same thing I do, whenever you bump into somebody, you say, what's the coolest thing to see? 90% of the guys were pointing to those micro LED displays. Now, is it a home theater? No, but they're actually having customers who want to put these video walls in their homes. Um, or uh, all, all I could think of was, uh, you know, Fahrenheit 451, her Montag's wife was upset because she only had the two-walled theater and they, she wanted to have the three-walled theater or four-walled theater or whatever it was. The other thing is the design. Again, this is a trend that's been coming for a while, but almost all the things that Henry mentions in here, you're seeing much more and more of a design influence in this industry than ever before, whether it be in the shading category, the lighting category, um, everything is much more a design oriented, which I think is gonna be a continuous trend. Very good. Andre, I'll give you the last word on this one. Anything that was missed here for 2019 that you're excited about? Uh, well, honestly, I think they missed up having the whole my Amazon microwaves and there being like free movie popcorn for everybody walking into the theaters and seeing those beautiful micro LED displays. There was a perfectly actually that's an interesting comment that was made in the article about how who was noticeably absent from the floor this year. And that was Amazon. Yet a week later, two weeks later, 14 new products, new cloud-based services, exactly what we previously talked about on this call, all materialized out of nowhere type of thing, right? So you got to start wondering, all right, where, where do you see this world playing and what exactly is in the works for that company next? And how is that going to impact the industry? You know, where it wasn't the end by all means of Amazon and the CD floor. I think it's just, we're gonna start seeing them blended into a lot more of the product lines and it's just gonna be basically, we are everywhere. You know, I think one of the other things that, that Amazon is looking for is more, and Henry mentions it in the article, is the Amazon Home Services integration with the custom installation community. And again, I'd done the interview with uh, Dave Humphreys, the CD chairperson. Um, earlier in the year and and he admitted that the program was not going uh, to their expectations. So I think maybe it's okay that Amazon step back and they need to kind of get that program right. Um, or where, where, where do integrators really fit in with Amazon versus it being a competitive situation? Very good. Uh, gentlemen, we'll leave it there. And the, the last note that I will make just before I, I close it is it, Amazon's approach to trade shows does remind me a lot of Apple in the mid 2000s at NAB. If you don't know what NAB is, it's the National Association of Broadcasters. Apple for a long time was, and still kind of is, a leader in hardware for video production. They stopped exhibiting. They used to have massive, massive booths uh, that would make any booth we've seen at CDA look tiny. Uh, one year they just stopped and everyone asked them, where did you go? Why didn't you show up? Why aren't you there? And the, the response from the marketing department at Apple was, we're in everyone else's booth. Mm -hmm. We don't need our own booth. We'll let them do it. Um, and that's, that's really what I, I see with Amazon there. So thanks again for joining us, gentlemen. That was a fantastic show. I always appreciate it. Uh, Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro and uh, all of your fun uh, writing extravaganzas, where can they find those? 
of course, they can go to cepro.com or they can follow me on Twitter at, at Jason W. Not. Excellent. Thanks again for being here. Andre, my friend, thanks as always for uh, spending some time with us. If people want to connect with you uh, and all of that fun stuff, where can they do that? LinkedIn's still the best thing. Andre Lalonde, there's only one of me. And also on Twitter as well, at Andre Lalonde. I actually managed to get my name. So go ahead, tweet away. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm going to tweet you as soon as we're done. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avianation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 